Well, uh, thank you for coming on to Milkcast. Um, just so we know which personalities we have in the actual booth with us, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Brian K. Vaughn. I'm the writer of uh, Paper Girls and Saga and stuff like that. Awesome. I'm Stephen T. Siegel. I'm a man of action, and I write Camp Midnight and other image books. Awesome. And we are here today in Meltdown Comics um, celebrating 25 years of image comics. woo So that's a pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, where did you guys fall in terms of your relationship with them? Like how long ago in the 25 years was that that you first became a blip on their radar? Uh, I worked a lot with Jim Lee at Wildstorm, mm-hmm. kind of right after it started. So kind of Wildcats 8 maybe was my first backup feature. Uh, Travis Cheris' first thing he drew maybe. Sure. And I, yeah, things happened for him. I'm not sure what I, what I wound up doing, <laughs> but good for him. Uh, and then I had a long detour into a lot of things and then found my way back to Image about eight years ago, six years ago. Cool. And wouldn't go anywhere else now. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I think my first uh, story for Image was a Noble Causes backup. Uh, Jay Ferber is a writer I was good friends with, and he was trying to convince me to come over to Image for years. So uh, it took a long time after that before Saga, but that was my next thing. And me. what was it uh, initially about Image at the time that it took kind of some convincing? Was it just the lack of belief that outside of the big two that you could – get money for your work that you could get notoriety for your work what was sort of the talking game that needed to happen yeah i think for me it was just uh it was the fear of having more responsibility that it was Mm. clear image had uh, a lot more control and you had a lot more ownership and there was no editor but at the same time there was no editor you know there's no one (laughs) there to do all the things that i was terrified (laughs) of uh so yeah it took a, a while to sort of um jump out of the nest that's cool I just kept watching Joe Casey, who's one of my business partners, and he would just do whatever the hell he wanted. And I'd be like, well, I can't do what I want. He's like, you could if you go to Image. And I'd be like, ah, I can't go to Image. What would I do there? And years of this. And finally, I was like, I should go to Image. He's like, I've been (laughs) saying that for a decade, you dumbass. So I went to Image, and it it was my very first comic I did was – uh, for Renegade Press, which is a little black and white thing. And mm-hmm. it was I did it in my dorm room, and I had to do all the paste up, and I was my own editor. And and that's what going back to Image was like. And I was like, I loved this. This is what I used to love about comics. Yeah. yeah. Does it does it feel like, or did it at the time, even if it still does, like a sink or swim sort of thing? Or does it feel like you have a whole group of people behind you at Image? Is it is it so hands-off that you're kind of like, I'm in the thick of a no, forest no, no, when no, you're no. creating? Not, no? not for me. I mean, that thing about images it's you know it's this small tie crew doing the work of a giant publisher yeah Mm -hmm. so i i just try to do as much as i can because i feel bad asking them to do anything because i see how much they're doing yeah so i'm just always like can i learn indesign and save drew gill like three (laughs) days of his life that he shouldn't have to spend on me Uh, but they'll, they'll do anything you ask them to they're amazing people that's cool yeah, I, I did not learn InStyle or any of those things <laughs> that I should have. I don't know how to do transfer files or what Dropbox is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I will get you the, a script that everything is spelled correctly, <laughs> and we will get you the art. And the, But, you know, please help us turn it into a printed, finished product. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Do you have a... Uh, yeah. So um, I guess my question for you guys is, uh, outside of the comic book industry, what would you say the biggest influence on your work has been? Hmm. Outside of uh, outside comics? Of, yeah. I mean, I guess my family. I just I have uh, children, and uh, 
I think a lot of creators make their most boring work right after they have children. They do shit targeted <laughs> their kids. So I, I try to actively rebel against that and create stuff that I never want my children to see. That is at the same time inspired uh, by their weirdness and drama. So I can yeah. totally see that. That's cool. My dad is a total conspiracy theorist and all my whole life was him coming to the dinner table with dirty jokes and made up <laughs> theories about the government. <laughs> And I think as I look back at like a lot of stuff I've written, I go, oh, this is just dinner from 1974 or 76 or 68 <laughs> or whatever it was. So that – and then my, my other influence is Drum and Bugle Corps, which is like marching mm, bands on yeah. acid, which I love. <laughs> wow. Like Baymax, when we named him for Big Hero 6, we named him after a Japanese Drum and Bugle Corps. Oh, wow. Mostly because I just wanted to know if anybody in that drum corps would write me and go, Are, is this us? <laughs> Did they? It's never happened. Oh. I'm still waiting. Let's hope that they hear this and yeah. are like, all right. I, that's why I keep mentioning it. it. I'm like, please, somebody. Yeah. Please sue Disney. <laughs> they were a little shocked when I told them because yeah. they, they, those names were long since cleared. And I was yeah. like, I was, I was named that after a drum corps from Japan. They're like, but if there's any, eyes. if there's anyone that could clear it, it'd probably be Diz. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they couldn't be sweating. And that that, much. that poor drum corps folded, so they, they've uh, been dead a long time. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so, so then, if that's the outside um, influence, what was the comic influence? What was do you do you recall a very first comic that caught your eye as a kid, just to bring you in as a reader? I mean, uh, as a reader, I was, uh, was Spider Man, just whatever my parents brought home for me when I was homesick from school. Yeah, you know, so in that sort of fevered state, it mm-hmm. just became imprinted in my brain. But yeah, it wasn't until Watchmen, which we got on a uh, family trip, and I read in one sitting in the back of my van as a, as the graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as the graphic novel collected. So I was mm. twelve. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, we were on a long trip, so uh, yeah, in the back row of my family van and that's when i decided oh i I get a sense that there are people who make this and i want to do this so awesome so that was that was also not just the reader but also the this is what's i I think i want to be a creator too book yeah definitely Mm -hmm. that's really cool uh my mom and dad bought me avengers 89 off the stands when i was super young and it scared the crap out of me (laughs) really yeah it had aliens and some guy being electrocuted i was like i don't ever want another one of these again (laughs) uh do not get any more of these whatever these are and so i started reading mad magazine instead uh that's fair that's fair when you when you've been shocked too much you need like a bit of a palate cleanser mad's like a really good one to just bring scale it back a little bit. How did you make it back? Uh, best friend in high school loved comics. I had to walk with him every whatever day of the week. They came to Safeway, our grocery store in Colorado, and he would just buy comics and talk about comics and comics this that. And I just got so tired of it. I was like, I'll buy the ones he's not buying. Yeah. So I bought Uncanny X Men and Marvel Premiere, which were the only two things he didn't collect. That's wow. So it's just interesting because I. I'm I'm hearing about the influence of home and then also what your early reading was and being so shocked by like an Avengers comic. Um and I, I think about your your titles because you have Camp Midnight and then you have Kafka, which are like two radically <laughs> so you have so you have like uh I can see those influences of dad at the table for say yeah. like Kafka and then the early what Avengers like influence had on you for I hadn't thought of it. I mean my my hallmark is I just I do a book and then I try to do a book right after it that will alienate anyone who might have liked the last book. Smart. Really? Okay. It's not really smart. It's not, <laughs> it's not not smart at all. Actually, it definitely produces interesting content though. It, it's it's all over the place. Say that. It feels like a way to at least help you not be like how do I have to 
top the last? It's like since this is a complete foray yeah. and there's something different, it might free you up. I, I see the logic. I'm free. That. <laughs> I'm free as it gets. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so what? So we talked about kind of the early years of image um, because our listening audience is mostly younger artists of either film, um, comics. Um, what what were you guys doing to either stay create? Well, both stay creative and also pay bills at a time where maybe image wasn't you know fronting the check. I mean, I've I've been extremely fortunate in that with my my man of action dudes. We made up a cartoon called Ben Ten. And Ben 10 sold a lot of toys and still does. And I literally, when I make image books, I go, how much can I lose on this project? (laughs) And so I start from that point. I get the people involved that I would like to work with. And I go, here's what I can lose. Can you do this? And then we just make it and then usually lose a lot of money. Sometimes they make it back or break even or whatever. But it's a very fortunate place to be because then I can just Mm kind of do what I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah, well, you talk about Ben 10. That was a major success. Adam and I were talking in the break room downstairs yeah. about... We were both kind of too old for it, but I was just doing a little bit of research, uh, and it it was like the most viewed cartoon on Cartoon Network or something like that. And it had it's, it had a had way of moments, just yeah. grabbing its older audience that, you know, it, like... Because I didn't feel like I was necessarily a part of the target, but it was. I feel like it was right at that cusp of... It doesn't matter what age you are, and I could just sort of feel that draw of like, yeah, I like I'm enjoying this now as I watch it, but I would have mm. eaten this shit up as a yeah, kid. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like ruining my younger self for being like, oh no, this is aimed at a younger audience. And, You're like, never no. too old. And then and then I know that. And now. then when we fast forward in the break room, we were like, you know what? In like ten years, this is gonna have such a fucking awesome Power Rangers reboot. Yeah, when we get well, the dark, we're rebooting like, it right now. It comes on again this year in the U.S. A new version of it, uh, which is already on in Europe and stuff. But the weird thing is that the fans from the first season are 22 now. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, wow. how old am I? This is what's <laughs> happening now? But uh, it's it's cool. And then next time it'll be their kids and I'll be like, ah. And my, and my children are obsessed with Ben 10, nice. by the way. They're obsessed with nothing I've ever done or contributed <laughs> to the world, but they love Ben 10. What so, what yeah. what property do you think they'll get into first of yours? God, I hope uh, not Saga. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess oh, yeah, Runaways is. Uh, yeah, I, I brought my personal copies. Oh, great! Nice, thank These you. Are, I didn't know uh, they did a digest. Yeah, one. they did some uh, back in two thousand and five. Uh, yeah, that's how I remember yeah. them. Yeah, this this is super I'm... cheap paper. They'll uh, they'll fall apart after about three. The, readings, the spine. But, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I just say, flipped through yeah, one. This, sorry. Is what, <laughs> this is what got me back into comics. Oh, like, nice. From a young age, and then I found these when I was in like seventh grade and oh it was, it was runaways God, that got so me back old. in wow thank you seventh grade That's nice. <laughs> if you didn't have a tattoo on your arm i'd think you were in seventh grade now <laughs> you're a youthful looking young man yes he's yeah, very it's a very baby face it's a curse uh what, what did you do for the early years when you were first uh you creating? mean in comics uh yeah yeah when you when you felt like you were bravely going into the world as a creative yeah i uh well, I, I sold my first thing to marvel when i was still in college at uh nyu through this uh james felder uh an editor for marvel comics at the sort of outreach uh looking for new writers so i got my foot in the door that way but it, it took years before i was yeah. making a living doing comics so uh, did whatever I was the uh, AV goon at St. Vincent's Psychiatric Hospital. So, <laughs> yeah, so I used to awesome. videotape patient what did interviews. You show? And patient interviews. Yeah, wow. so yeah. Uh, so that, that is good grist for the mill if you're going to work in creator owned comics. Do you so. feel like that's permeated into any of your books already? Or is yeah, that. Yeah, all of them, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah to get to see. Uh, 
people committed in a psychiatric ward in the yeah. middle of New York City every day. Oh, was, man. Uh, yeah, that was a, a terrific honor. Surreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those things. Definitely just one of those things. Uh-huh. Um, do you – so then with those, with those early years after you were feeling like a, a paycheck was coming in, do you recall – the first outside of friends and family fan that you met, the first one where you're like, this is a complete stranger. I don't know that them at all, but they know me and they know my work. I don't know. That, has that happened yet? I've been yeah. doing this for 20 years. Really? But it's, uh, it's pretty rare. I mean, it's nice to, you know, signings and stuff, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, I once had a pizza delivery guy actually come to the door where he was like, are you uh, Brian Vaughn who writes comics? And... Uh, was really excited. My mother-in-law was there when I answered the door. I was like, really? this is so badass for... You're like, come in a minute. Come, come in. Come in. Come in. Talk to this woman. He's a huge fan of uh, Runaways. And my, my mother-in-law, yeah, she heard that whole interaction. And after he left, she was like, isn't that he a little old for Runaways? <laughs> no way. It's like, this is an exciting moment for me. Don't but, take this away But she at me. least but, knew... Did she... Is she just saying that just because she was making a blanket statement about no, comics? I, I think, or I think she my does in-laws know... are, are rightly hugely unimpressed by... Oh, uh, really? Contributions. I, I thought for a second there was a glimmer of she knows your canon enough to know really though runaways because saga look was more of that guy is yeah. like they're feel. very supportive they're that, lovely people i don't mean to run down my mother-in-law no, that's good. <laughs> this podcast this will be you trouble at home <laughs> what about you uh, i was a teacher while i was trying to make it in comics mm. I, I had a bunch of comics I, I had some comics that did well right out of the gate and i was like oh now now people will ask me to do more work and that's not how it works at all mm. as it turns out so i was waiting for the accolades to roll in and instead of wound up having to get a job so i was teaching college and i would always mention comic books or teach like a little comic books right. section of my class and go who here is going to pop and go i love comics too and it, it was nobody actually <laughs> really oh yeah. wow Gosh. I, I was in indiana and it was not not a hotbed of comics love at my particular school mm. so that didn't happen and then i moved out to california and i was like okay i'm in la i'm teaching in la yeah. surely when i make this nightcrawler reference three or four <laughs> people after class will be like <gasps> yeah didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, no, oh, not really. Not so much. See, that's I'm I'm from Iowa, and uh, weirdly enough, both my school library and my college uh, university library, giant section for nice. comics, and and it was funny because I can remember in high school, I and one other kid were sort of the first to be like, where. How long have you been getting these comics and just kept reading them and and saw how it would sort of bring more people in and you know as a librarian in a high school in Iowa she was sort of like oh my gosh we we do have to get more because look at how many people are in here good and they were her. yeah they were actually good about getting comics so I, I wish you would have been around to drop that reference when when I was in school because I would have eaten <laughs> that shit up yeah, for sure <laughs> um, so what what then is the most rewarding part of of making comics for you guys. I here's what I've grown to like. I used to make comics and hope that I would meet people who would tell me that what I had in mind is what they got. Mm. Now what I like is when I meet people who read something I wrote and got something totally different than what I had in mind, but it still works. Mm. So that's I'm loving that right now. I've done some more ambiguous things lately, and I've been like, oh, let's see who gets this. And they, people come back with like these Rorschach blots interpretation. I'm like. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't have that in mind at all, but that's more interesting than what I had in mind. Yeah. So I'm cool with that. So I'm liking that. Awesome. 
I, I like the money, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Having that's done this and not made any, <laughs> it's uh, it's lovely to yeah. get to make something up and get to own it completely and not feel mm-hmm. like you're just sort of a cover band artist just going to do, you know, Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have something that you own and get to ride Fiona Staples' coattails <laughs> to have it yeah. be a success is, yeah, that's uh, that's terrific. It's, it's interesting because you... You mentioned Fiona, and um, I was I was talking about the more current stuff that you've done with Image, with uh, some with uh, the owners of the shop, with all the staff, because we all know both of you guys and love both your work. And with those more recent titles, you're easily having some of the biggest draw of the female audience that comes into our shop. And it, at first, I was sort of like, "Why is this happening?" And I would look and I would read, and I didn't feel like there was any obvious grab do you do you feel like you you said that you were writing on fiona's coattails a little bit but do you think like was there any aim at any point to speak to an underrepresented portion of the reading audience or no no i, I just i remember uh how preacher spread through my dorms in college mm. like wildfire mm-hmm. yeah. saying how women in particular love that book and it you know it huh. wasn't I think a lot of times you have editors who try and reverse engineer, like, how do we get female readers? Right. 60% romance and this kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's nonsense. The yeah. Readers who are women are as diverse and their interests are as varied as men. So I, yeah. I think they like something that is good, first of all, and that right. is accessible. They can start at the beginning and not feel like they've missed something or they mm-hmm. need, you know, uh, to go to a Wikipedia page. So, right. No, I think if you do something that is good and unique and clear, it'll hopefully reach out to all kinds of people. Be- because why um, Why was one of those things that it, it looks like just it's just completely a, a sort of what-if story that you just ran with and really tapped into – if if comics right now are just so much about either the male figure or uh, the male gaze on a on a female hero, bringing an entire ensemble of women with a male protagonist and sort of like way ahead of the Mad Max you know reboot sort of approach, did you did, was that how it started out? Was just a what if, or did you come at it with a any more intention? Yeah, uh, I just gotten dumped. So okay. uh, it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, for the first time, the opposite sex was suddenly something uh, frightening and confusing. Mm. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to write about gender. And mm-hmm. I felt like at the time, the level of conversation about gender in comics was mostly about, like, should Catwoman's boobs be yeah, smaller? Think, yeah. Or should she be called the Invisible Woman mm-hmm. instead of the Invisible Girl? And it's like, oh, this is an opportunity to, to maybe explore uh, something in a more complex way. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. It was just uh, it was Pia Guerra and I just sort of uh, taking a look at the real world and yeah. just uh, imagining mm-hmm. if we tweaked it just a little bit, what would happen? Because I can remember hearing about um, Am- the Amazons in in Wonder Woman in Themyscira and being like, oh, there- we have like a matriarch and and that world and being like, I want to I want to see how that play out, but they'd only get as far as like the trial of Steve Trevor and then it'd, it'd be done. So yeah, and so I would remember being like, I I, I want to see this played out a little more, almost like uh, in Walking Dead, but that was played out so far that I like the escapism of zombies like 
died for me with yeah. Walking Dead because it was essentially stopping the nuke coming at the end and blowing up all the zombies. It was like, no, you guys don't understand. If this actually happens, we the only option is to pretty much kill yourself because this is going to be fucking awful. Yeah. And so it was it was nice to see. Not to say that's how I felt <laughs> about why afterwards because it came to a conclusion. Um and f- for both of you, um, I'm, I'm talking to people that you, you have current series in right now, but, but for the serialized medium, do you work towards an ending? Because I, I feel like I see you, you could, you could go a little longer, but I've, I've watched the ending come sooner and it always felt right. And similarly with you, you have these self-contained books that this could be serialized, but I, I feel like it's such a bold choice when you're like, I'm just going to do an ending now and not go for the the grab do you guys work towards an ending or do you work towards like because when you mentioned i like making the money i guess i don't see too much of the grabbing for hyper serialized in a way uh yeah no it's definitely there have been opportunities like should we do a saga to spin-offs or miniseries mm-hmm. but uh, I, I like telling a story that has a beginning middle and an end mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh yeah saga I, I know what the last panel of the last page is going to be but you know, you give yourself some freedom to diverge from that roadmap. But yeah, I was like going into any series knowing exactly how it's going to end. Cool. I work backwards now. So the reason my stuff's self-contained is because I start at the last page and write oh, okay. backwards until I get to the beginning. And usually that's – it's not 7,000 pages. It's usually about 100. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And also when I write the other direction, I tend to get canceled about four issues in. So <laughs> oh, really? it's probably better <laughs> – Better tr- I'd, You know what I'm having a creeping dread is what I realize there's a huge line of people downstairs who have read the new saga, and I'm one issue behind that. I'm sorry. And I know, oh, I, oh, I just know yeah, from yeah. what I've heard, just buzz-wise, that I don't want to hear the conversations you're about to have. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should read that real quick before anybody um, Yeah, and mentioning that line, that is uh, currently outside and it's wrapped around the block, so there's a number of people who are here yeah. to see you guys. We won't keep you too much longer because it's getting close to when you're supposed to make your debut. Yeah, um, Adam, did you have any questions? Um. You know, I suppose the last question I had, because I really wanted to do this, I love your saga surveys that you do every year. Oh, thanks. Um, so I had actually, I prepped a list of like my favorite questions that I was going to flip back on you, but we don't have time, so I'll just stick with, what is your kryptonite for both of you? Like, what is your, your number one, like, your weakness, would you say? Not necessarily in terms of your, your, your writing or anything like that, just, you know, what is your kryptonite? Wow. That's a good question. Brian? I mean, I, I guess uh, the deadlines is the first thing that comes to my mind. But it's just like I, I end up hitting them, but they're awful. And it's just someone described Kongs as just having homework every night of your life for the rest of your life. I can totally understand that. Yeah, and it's uh, – I, I hate them, and they yeah. weaken and sadden me. So, yeah, dead, deadlines. That's fair. Uh, mine was sugar, but I kicked it last year. So <laughs> Congratulations. I went a year with no sugar. Oh, my God, I just finished the whole 30. My wife tricked me into this where we nice. didn't need sugar for a month. It was the yeah. worst month of my life. I, know, right? <laughs> I felt so much healthier, and uh, I hated it. Yeah, I'm back on it just a well, few I'm, days. I'm on, but I've, having a year without, yeah. I have almost none. Like, I have a square of chocolate, and I go, that's plenty. Oh, you're a better man. I went wow. to Dunkin' Donuts on January 1st, though, and I bought I, – because I could eat a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. So I bought two. Hey, look, it's Joe Casey. Hey, Joe hey. Casey is I there. Bought, uh, the birds. I bought two, but I only ate one. Hey! This, this interview just ended. Come say something witty. We gotta pop it. What's your kryptonite was the last question that was just asked. What's my kryptonite? Yes. 
Signings at Meltdown. Oh, <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Kill. We'll just add the, the fail horn. Just yeah. <laughs> cool. Joe Our, Casey, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Casey, indeed. Um, so I, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is just because we, we got from uh, Brian there, I just wanted to ask for you, was you, you played within the form of Kafka, and I, and I mentioned that a little bit earlier because I was like a huge fan of that book. Um, is there anyone else that you could see yourself playing within the form of, or I, the mood of? Yeah, I mean, aesthetic? I do that a lot. Uh, the It's a Bird book I did was 20 Superman short stories, and I was like, oh, this is the E.E. E. Cummings one. This is the Max Ernst one. This is the, you know, just whatever. Artists, writers, I constantly am trying to steal other people's technique and figure <laughs> out how did that work. And, you know, that's when I say I like drum corps, it's because I just want to pull toolkits into comics writing that are not comics writing so i'm always doing that that's cool yeah well it made for a really fresh book and i enjoyed it and it felt like it was one of those things that we had like a whole series of kafka in college and i was just like i like it's done like there's like kind of a finite canon and it was like oh my god somebody else that like digs kafka (laughs) and wants to do in that world so i from the opening of just him waking up and having the different agencies come in and say the exact same thing of you need to get out here and that feeling of the trial again. I was yeah, just sort yeah. of like, this is so... There's some great comics adaptation of Kafka, too. So make yeah. sure you've read all the Peter Coopers and tons of European people have done great yeah. just adaptations of the trial. And Yeah, I I can't... I, I'll, I'll have to read it all because I can't get enough of that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you guys very much Thanks for, for coming on. Time. We will not keep you from the masses out there and uh, enjoy the yeah. signing. Thanks. Right on. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.